All right. Does this everything sounds okay for you guys? Like you guys sound like super like jumpy to me. But if it sounds okay on your end, then no, it sounds okay here. You sound good cool. to me, and I'm the one recording. So. All right. Sweet. All right. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to Hammer Factor number six. Uh, let's get right into it. I want to uh, introduce myself, John Grace. I am the show producer. And in studio, we have pro poker player, North Fork champion, and policy counsel for Outdoor Alliance, Lewis Geltman. Can you hear me? I can. How are you, John? Good. Lewis is coming to us from what airport? Uh, national. National in Washington, D.C. There we go. And then also our co-host... Mr. Kara Weld, mm-hmm. husband of legend Kara Weld, who was a nine-time national team member, three-time national champion, World Cup medalist, and the first woman to run Great Falls. Correct, I well, think. Welcome to the show, John. That's pretty exciting. If anybody knows of a woman who has ran Great Falls before Kara Weld, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I would say it's probably mid '80s, somewhere in there, late '80s. <clears throat> All right. Well, first, before we get into it, we have some uh, quality lettuce um, coming from Lewis. But uh, I want to go over a couple little things here. I'm going to jump right into um, a little viewer mail, which is not quite exactly viewer mail. I want to apologize. We're going to keep it a little short today. We got a lot going on with Green Race coming up. Um, but we will make up for it next week. We um, being you, just to be clear on that. Yes, we being okay. we being me. There's a lot going on with uh, with the Green River Narrows race. But right. I want to uh, open up with we put out on Facebook asking some people whether they wanted to keep the video part of the uh, podcast, just the audio. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to keep the video on YouTube and Facebook. But if you subscribe through iTunes, um, Stitcher, or any of our other RSS feeds, you will just receive the audio podcast. So best of both worlds there. Um, Be sure to subscribe any way you want to listen. You can subscribe on YouTube or you can subscribe on iTunes or any ways, but uh, any way you want. But we reached a milestone of 500 subscribers. So who'd have thunk, boys? I think we've got every single lightwater kayaker in the country now. <laughs> I think someone called me out for busting on how small the industry is, and I, I maybe I should I guess should cool it on that. <laughs> it's I a great it's, industry. It's it's a part of John. You got to keep it going. This is a part of this is a part of your mantra. Okay, all right. That's that's what I bring to the table. Bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we love it. It's a little taste of bitter. <laughs> um, all right, so, Lewis, what do you got? Oh, and before we get into Lewis, John, every time I talk about the green race, and it just never fails, you're like, I'm looking over the show notes, and you're like, I don't know what to talk about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it seems boring. <laughs> and you, you know, every year it's the same, you know, all, you know. I'm so excited, and you're, you know, crushing my dreams. So now Listen, this show, every time no. someone answers something about the green race, you got to say, yeah. "Oh yes, yes, green race, I love you." No, I have an idea. This year, get a couple kegs, get some people together, give the trophy to Dane, and have a good time. <laughs> Dane's not coming. <laughs> Just move forward. Dane's not coming. Yeah, he's not coming. Oh, oh that changes everything. Now it's a lot more interesting. 
<laughs> but DeGill, who tied him last year, is here, and he's already broken a kayak, so I've heard. All right. Um, well, let's... All right, let's move on. Lewis, yeah. what were what, what were we going to say to Lewis? Oh, I have a question for Lewis. I got a question for you. <laughs> Lay it on me. Uh, okay, so you okay? You're in DC, right? And I right. actually, I know. I mean, I I did this for uh, I did this once years ago, so I have some inkling of what's going on. But you go to DC to meet with who? Like, who are you talking with? So. So last we were talking about this uh, widened recreation, not red tape bill that I'm all fired up about that would kind of queue up the Forest Service and BLM to help basically start looking for potential new national recreation areas. So I've been in D.C. the last five days, did kind of the rounds on the hill. So it's like meeting with staffers for... Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Seven, so let's- seven, seven. Let's do a civics lesson here. You say rounds on the hill. What is that? What's Capitol Hill? But who's there? Um, so Capitol Hill, uh, Senate, Congress. To become a law, a bill has to uh, be passed by in the same form by the Senate and the House, signed by the President. We can we can add in the Schoolhouse Rock music here, or whatever. Um, you, la- you laugh as if this everyone knows this, but I assure you, not everybody knows this. So, uh, so this bill has been introduced in the Senate by Ron Wyden, who worked really hard to, or his staff worked really hard to put this thing together. It's been introduced in the House by uh, Blumenauer. And Ryan, and, and, and Ryan Wyden's from where? Oregon. Oregon. And what incentive does he have to, to craft this bill? I mean, he's taking time out of his schedule and his staffers who are obviously busy people to do this. Why is he, like, what's his motivation? So maybe like a year ago, Wyden did this uh this thing with this kind of like event with Travel Oregon, what they were calling the the Seven Wonders of Oregon, uh, like listening tour kind of like Travel Oregon as part of this big tourism campaign designated Seven Wonders of Oregon. So it's like Columbia River Gorge, Crater Lake, uh, maybe Smith Rock down by Bend, Oregon Coast, just a bunch of kind of like uh, so, outdoor high points basically. And so if you went around to all these places and had these little events, and people would come up and like tell them tell him what's up, like what he could do to help with outdoor recreation. And, and so, so I, he, he's a guy who thinks this is important, not only for altruistic reasons, but economically it's going to be good for his state as well. <laughs> right. And then he, and, also, and, I, and so he I, gets your foot in the door in, in these, with the senators and, and Congress people. Is he the one that makes these meetings possible? I think that we make these meetings possible because we're an organization that, you know, collectively are, you know, between AW, IMBA, Access Fund, American Alpine Club, American Canoe Association, all our member organizations. We have something like 150,000 members all over the country. We have 1,500 local affiliate clubs. So we represent their constituents. And so we go in there and we're like, this is something that your constituents care about. This is something that people in your state care about. You need to, you know, help out this big group of people who's fired up about these issues. But you're, tar- you're targeting particular representatives. You're not... You're- you you've you've found specific people who are going to be able to advance this thing. Are you going to people who you need to convince that this needs to happen, or how do you the, you can't meet the, with everybody? How do you pick the right. people you meet with? So to go back to the the civic stuff, a bill gets introduced and then it gets referred to a committee, and a committee is maybe like twenty senators on uh, energy and natural resources. Is the name of the committee that would have jurisdiction over a bill like this. Mm-hmm. So. 
before anything else happens, it gets a hearing in that committee, and then it would have to get voted out of that committee to actually have a chance of having a vote on the floor. And this is a bipartisan so, committee, right? This is not... Right. Or the chairperson be obviously a member of one part or the other. Would he have an influence over what's going to happen here? Uh, she, yes. She. So because the Republicans control the Senate, they get to select the chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee. So right. the chair of that committee is uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Yeah. But when we're going around making the rounds on this, we're looking for senators who have shown some, uh, you know, some interest in our issues in the past, who voted well on public lands bills. I, we really would like to find a, a Republican to be Wyden's co-sponsor for this because having it be bipartisan would really help it make my way. And so we don't want, we're not really looking for a bunch of Democrats to sign onto this right now because then it starts to look like a really hyper-partisan issue when we don't really see it that way and we don't want it to be perceived that way to, you know, enable it to go forward. So this last week I'm visiting with a bunch of like pretty moderate Republicans who are relatively good on public lands issues to kind of explain why this is a good idea. So when you meet with, do you meet with the, the representatives or senators themselves or do you meet with their staff? Almost or always both? staff. Always just because the, the representative senators is too busy to to deal with this particular issue. They're busy, and frankly, they don't really know as much about these kind of like public lands issues typically as their staff would. Right. So, so the staff, really and so the staff takes what you say and they 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 condense it into some packet of information to give to their boss. Right, and so it's about kind of helping your their boss see that this is a good idea. This is something their constituents care about. Later down the road, it's maybe a, a matter of kind of coordinating some grassroots outreach so maybe you'll get an email from aw somewhere down the line that says hey your senator's really important on this issue please write today and share with him that passing rnr would be really good for whitewater kayakers in your state so, so would then, you, i'm sorry go ahead i was just saying then that kind of helps raise the profile of the issue with these guys and help them think oh you know i'm going to get some political credit for doing this this is something that's going to make people happy or whatever what when you meet with these staffers? I mean, how are how easy are they to read? I mean, can you go there and sort of realize you're getting absolutely nowhere with this, or they just have a good poker face, and you have no idea where what's happening? It's pretty good for the most part. I mean, I think that they're pretty. You know, occasionally you'll have a meeting where the staffer is just sort of like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Doesn't really ask any questions. You can tell they're not really interested. And is that because they're a bad staffer, or because they know that their boss is going to have zero interest in this? I, I would say most likely it's because you're meeting with somebody who's really junior and who doesn't really understand the issue very well. If you're talking to somebody who's pretty up on it, even if they're not really on your your page, they'll usually explain why not, or you know, tell you what they think would need to change for this to go forward, or explain why they think, you know, like they might say, oh, yeah, like we support you guys, but like, you know, these five other senators are going to be, you know, are not going to support it. So we're not going to go out on a limb for this. Or like, you really need to go talk to these other guys because, you know, we all like, I, I don't think they really like snow you very often. Like, I think that, you know, they might be more or less helpful, but I don't feel like it's a, uh, it's a situation where they're just like telling you what you want to hear. Like, it doesn't really, I guess really if they're happen like I, that. I guess if they're meeting people every day like this, they'd lose energy for BSing. What what would be the typical opposition to what you're proposing? Like, what would be a classic reason why someone may not be interested in doing this at all? I would say the biggest reason would be if there were some really important stakeholder group who they thought they were going to piss off by doing it. So, like, if the hunters and anglers in 
Montana are super opposed to what it is we want to do, then Steve Daines isn't going to jump on board. And so that's like what we're getting most right now with this as well. It's like a really long bill. We need to like check in with all these other stakeholder groups before we're ready to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> so what's the, I mean, just as a final thing, what's the, what's the timeline on, on something like this? Like when you start working on this project, how long will it take to come to fruition? Best case and worst case scenario. I would say best case, maybe we could get something done next year. Uh, worst case, never. Uh, likely, it could easily take a couple of years, I'd say. So, Lewis, but, is, will, the, will the outcome of the election have a huge impact in the direction this takes, or not really? I'm not sure it would. I mean, I think that it would be nice if the if the Senate flipped and it was in Democratic control, but I'm not sure it would make a huge difference for this, and the House is going to stay Republican almost for sure. Right. So, it seems... Uh, it seems like the dynamic's probably not going to change too much, assuming Clinton wins. So this seems like a pretty uh, targeted, like, you know, coordinated effort, like a plan of attack on this. Who comes up with this plan? Like who you're going to meet with and all that kind of stuff, Lewis? Is that you or is that people at the uh, Alliance? Or That's mainly me. Uh, we did a bunch of visits this week with uh, the Outdoor Industry Association, which is kind of like the trade group for outdoor industry. They put on the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show. And they're super good partners of ours on public lands issues. They kind of work in D.C. on public land stuff, but then also trade, which we don't really have anything to do with. But uh, their lobbyist is super cool, super savvy. So uh, do a bunch of good work with her. Wow. That's rad. That is a, uh, yeah. a big undertaking. Yeah, it's fun. It's project. Do you, you have to wear a suit and a tie? Is that what you have to wear? That's right. Uh, my suit lives at my mom's house here in uh, Bethesda. Just fly back and put it on in DC. <laughs> do, you own a, do you own a suit, Grace? I do. I own two suits. Hmm. Uh, I try not. Do you to own a suit, Wells? Um, I, I think I have one for like funerals. Let's move on to our green race um, segment of the show today. We're we're going to bring in a bunch of champions and. Our main goal is to uh, give our first-time racers and aspiring racers some tips and, uh, and and see what everybody's got to say. We're gonna this is gonna take just a second, but we're gonna try and get uh, Andrew Holcomb, Adrian Levconnect, Isaac Levinson, and Pat Keller um, <laughs> on the. Uh, this is like the Hollywood Squares of kayaking here. <laughs> yeah, heavy hitters, watch out. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, bear with me on this. Let's see what I can do. Well, who do you think is going to win the green race this year while we're waiting? Um, who you got? All right, hold on. Are we saving that for the end? <laughs> Does anybody have another rave? Because I want to rant about people mountain biking with their dogs. What's happening? Rush. Hey. Rush up. <laughs> rush, Guys, you, you there? No, ru- no rush. It's uh, it's the Jew, Isaac. All right, Isaac. That's who we Isaac wanted anyway. Right now. Oh. Rush, is, rush is right here, and so is Billy Jones and his two kids. <laughs> Sweet, nice. Tom and Sam are also on Hammer Factor. Can you guys hear me? It's all all good. Yeah, I hear you fine. We're good. Yeah. Well, um, you guys were going in and out a bit, but um getting most of it we have our, our super high-tech setup this week between me sitting in the airport <laughs> weldon west virginia and you and the godforsaken hills in north carolina 
Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in like the Green River Cove and staying in a trailer. And uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like the idiot gorilla. It's like the it's like the movie Raven Fork. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Our neighbors are uh, definitely voting for Trump, and uh, you know we're putting a Bernie Sanders sign in our front yard just to uh, have a little entertainment this week. Okay, I've looked through the list here. I know who's going to win. <clears throat> oh yeah, who's going to win? Well, I can't say that. I don't want to. I don't want to blow my wad right now. I want to hold on to this for just a little bit. I think it's going to be a wet salmon sweet. Probably. It's probably the first time you've never blown your wad early, huh? <laughs> uh, look at you. That's definitely going to make it in the show right there. Well, you're certainly not the my pick. <laughs> hey, we can, take this, we can take this time to um, maybe renegotiate Rush's um, yeah, let's talk little, about that. little wager we have going here. So it seems like, seems like when he made the bet, mm-hmm. he got a little bit... He got a little bit, um, you know, stage fright yep. in the moment, and he got there's, talked into 20 seconds. There's 10 million people listening on Hammer Factor. I had a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, what up? Just, Adrian, like you got, there? I feel like I'm this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we All got Adrian. Continue, conti- continue with your uh, with your case here, Rush. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I just, I just, I was there was a lot of pressure on a lot of people listening, and I didn't really know what I was getting into. I was thinking little white race times because little white, you know, there's oftentimes 20 to 30 seconds of separation between fast racers. And then, you know, you also told me that you were fat out of shape. And, uh, you know, I went to meet you at the river yesterday and you ran an hour and a half to the put in. So I feel like I've just been getting sandbagged <laughs> a little bit. To be honest. In, all ser- in all seriousness, John, like, all right, Green race, it's four minutes and 30 seconds for a respectable time. You're usually like right around 4.30s, mid-4.30s. I've been doing some no, practice. He, with, no, he was at 4.50. Yes, well, that was exactly. Exactly. See, See, thank you for the, coming to my defense there, well. <laughs> But Chelsea had twins like a day before the race, and John was like literally came from like the delivery room to the starting line. <laughs> He it didn't get any easier, trust me, between then and now. He's been no better. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that we should just renegotiate or Rush should just dye his hair, like, the week before the race because, like, <laughs> it's not going to – maybe we should just get some bleach, you know? Like, I don't know. But I think it would be more interesting, like, 10, 10 seconds, you know? Give him yeah, – give, give me a how, chance, dude. What, How old are you, John? I'm, like, 50, <laughs> I'm 52. <laughs> if you can't You're beat like, someone who's 52 right? years old by 20 seconds, Aren't Rush. you like 39 or 40 and Rush is like 31? So how about you do like a second? You get a second for every year older than you are. About, so I'm talking about John. That seems like a, a very like, – I want it to be like a race, dude. Like I don't want just like Rush – I mean I do want to see Rush get there, his hair done. There has like, been let's a be – let's, let's, let's face the facts. There's been a, a big public outcry from the Asheville community that this was an unfair bet. You know, I made a mistake. I admit it. But, um, you know, I'm trying to uh, – just trying to negotiate here. Is, Hulk, <laughs> is, is Holcomb there? Yeah, what are you trying to negotiate? Yes! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's not a problem. You're just scared now and trying to back out. That's exactly <laughs> what's happening. Thank you for putting what's just, really happening on the table at this point, Andrew Holcomb. I'm just trying to get – I'm trying to get down the course, number one. I'm trying to also not get beat by Adrian, which is a high probability of that happening. <laughs> yeah, but none of that has anything to do with dyeing your hair. 
Well, I know, but you it's either like, die or you don't. I got all those other problems and then this one on top of it, you know. So <laughs> short sighted, Rush. Oh. Short sighted. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on the show, everybody. And Rush, we'll have the other bets in the future, buddy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gonna get. We'll, we'll we'll talk about tomorrow. We can paddle all day tomorrow. Um, okay. Where's my list of questions? Okay. Past champions. First, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about if you're a first time racer. Any advice? Um, let's start with you, Andrew. Any advice for a first time racer um, who wants to come out and and post a good time? Uh, first time racer or just wants to post a good time. Those are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for our first time racers out there? I mean. Thinking back to your first race or people you've known or coached through a, 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 their first race? Yeah, I think um, you just want to be really clear why you're out there. Um, you can race the green for a lot of different reasons, um, and you just want to know those before you take your first stroke. You know, whether, whether your goal is to post a good time for you or go below five minutes or place in the top ten, whatever it is, and uh, just check yourself and make sure that that's actually in line with how you've been training or paddling, um, you know, and kind of how you've been approaching it. So in other words, recognize your, what you've been doing leading up to the race and make sure you actually like have a goal that's in line with that. What if your motivation is maintaining your hair color? <laughs> if your motivation is maintaining your hair color, then you probably should have gotten here before this week. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically andrew you're saying race the way you practiced don't come yeah out you thinking, race the way you practice don't come out and do something different all of a sudden just because it's race day um and there's always next year and if you want to race differently next year do that but don't make a sudden change on oh now i'm gonna try for under five minutes when you had just been happy to be in the green race or made a side bet with your friend or whatever it is like have that you know that original reason of why you clicked yes i want to enter you know make that work for you on race day right right good advice uh this is uh, this goes out to adrian and isaac so um you guys have both been racing a lot traveled um you know around the world competing races just got uh just got back from um just got back from europe how do you uh how is the green race different? What keeps you coming back? You know, if you're if you're one of the people who hikes in every year to this race, and or one of the racers who's been here a few times, or it's your first race, how? Give me a just put it in perspective. How are how are the races? Just describe how this race is different than others. Yeah, I mean, all the races to me have a pretty different vibe, and the green race is unique because it's just um, a really like friendly atmosphere you know everybody is uh going in there for you know entertainment but also like there's an amazing camaraderie and the le the week leaving leading up to the race is um just like amazing time on the river you know you're going down going down the river and there's you know 20 30 the best boaters in the southeast um getting in their training laps and I don't know, just the, the vibe is, is so different here is what I really um, notice about it. And for me, I grew up I grew up in Atlanta, so I've always that. 
there an air, is there an airplane taking off in your house? <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's Lewis. He's uh, he's rubbing he's rubbing elbows with senators as we speak. So. Okay. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I was just saying like the vibe and um, growing up here is the green race was something that I always. Um, heard about in the paddling community and um, I would say it's one of the most like historic and prestigious extreme whitewater kayak races so I mean to me it's yeah it's something that's really special what do you got Adrian yeah for sure I mean I would I would definitely agree with with Isaac there it's it's a, a really special race and it's interesting coming from Europe where you're you're racing against a lot of slalom racers who you know really just go kayak and do their thing and go back home there's not really much of a community surrounded by the race and um to me like i race because i love the community and so like the week coming up to the green race or even the two weeks coming up to the green race like being able to feel the energy of all the other racers and being able to hear about good lines bad lines mediocre lines and who's walking gorilla and who's running gorilla right now <laughs> is is pretty awesome. Like you don't really find um, this this race community anywhere else in the world. There is a Facebook page specialized for green race lines. If you go to the Little White, it's a bros game. It's who you know. It's who's going to tell you which lines. It's not you can't get online and go sit there and watch every single line over and over and over again like the Facebook page for the green race. Uh, one thing, uh, one thing that I've always noticed about the green race and it gets me, uh, fired up is, you know, I've never, it's, it's amazing to paddle through a crowd like that. I mean, you know, to hear that kind of energy as you're paddling down through the race is, is that going on over at, at sick line? I mean, in I the mean, final, in the super final there, I have to say that the energy is very intense and amazing. Yet it's a t completely different vibe and energy at the green race, you know, and that's, I mean, it's unique for sure. And I just think every race is different. Every race has something special and something um, amazing to offer. And that's why Whitewater is, is what it is. You know, it's like, we got to go to these, like, you know, you got to go to Europe, you got to go to the Northwest or Mexico or New Zealand and like everything, everything has something a little bit different to offer. But with the green and you know Holcomb and I can contest to this. Like, if you go first in the green race, when you're coming down the, um, when you're coming into Gorilla, and, um, you can feel like the crowd like come alive and the energy roar, and that's something that I've never experienced in any other kayaking race ever. Like every single competitor gets gets a rise out of the crowd, and that's just like that's what's so unique about it. And it's, it's wild. You know, I can't wait. I just get chills thinking about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting chills. You talking about it. Um, Adrian, here's another one for you. What, what about the girls class? Why don't we have more, why don't we have more ladies out there racing? Yeah, this has always been a, a question that everybody has every year. Um, you know, we had, we had 25 women, 26 women actually race at the sick line. All right. Hang on. Which just is a second. huge. Hey, Lewis, Lewis, I'm going to have to ask you to unplug your microphone, my man. <laughs> You're banished. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're fired. Okay. You're fired. You say you're fired. All I can hear is Delta four eight nine er. Come on back. Um. Right. Yeah, you know this is always something that comes up. This is my eleventh year racing, and um, we've had I think as much as seven women and as little as three. And you go to Europe, 
like just came back from sick line, we had 26 women race. And they were all stoked. Do you think they were that's all because super excited. Of, of, of the difficulty of the course? Or why, why do you think that is? Is it just more ladies out there getting after it? So, I mean, you know, Europe's bigger. You're going to, you have a lot more of a slalom outreach. You have women who are actually, are, are really, really good at, at kayaking. And that's what they do. They're slalom racers. They're really good at putting their boat where it needs to go. And they they can race the, the Wellabrook course, right? But the majority of the women that I talked to were like, oh, you're the green race winner. And most of them said, I would not come race the green. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it could be. But on the other hand, the women's green over takeover, we had over 40 women on the narrows. So yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have to do with the inability to kayak. It also, there's probably something else that's going in there that has to do with a, a woman's want or need to compete. So like for me, I grew up swimming. I grew up competing. This is what I did. And so this was my ability to keep competing was to start kayaking. And so that's what I do. But, you know, there's some women that just don't want to compete. They just want to float in and they want to hang out with the crowd and be in the gorge and feel the energy, like what, what we were just talking about. So, yeah, which is cool. you know, which it's is kind totally of a cool choice. Too. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a choice. So when you're the smaller, when you're the minority, everybody is watching you. You, you are put under a microscope. So even though you know, you have a field of 130 men, if three or four of those guys crash, nobody really cares about that. It's the two women that crash out of the five. Oh. And it becomes this like big, huge whoop-de-doo. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that's that's probably another, another thing, another reason. Well, what about, uh, you know, should we be in the, is, is Rush still in the room? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here, yep. Should we get a bet between Rush and Adrian? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm over the bet, man. I've already learned my uh, Okay, okay, real but, quick. I did actually kind of want to quickly just respond to one thing um, Adrian mentioned. I think that this is like an important topic and, and interesting because it's like there is this constant comparison of, of the little white race and the green race and the, both rivers in general, you know? Um, and Adrian's right. Like I have been blown away with the community here and just the actual, you know, the amount of emphasis is put on the section and the moves and that all that information is available online. Like that's amazing actually. And I didn't really quite, quite realize it, but it's a totally different, different world out West too. Like there's just way less paddlers, you know, and way less people doing that event than here, you know? So I think that's like, the main reason and um i don't think of it as much of a bros you know section as much as it is just a lot less people you know and, and a lot more also unpredictability in terms of which line is actually the fastest like here there's definitely a few areas where you can maybe do things somewhat differently but it's like a really technical course with a very sort of precise line that you need to hit and it's like really hard to link that together. But um, I think that's the biggest difference is that it's also a, a race that's a third, you know, a less than a third of the length, you know. So that, that's they're pretty different. It's hard to even compare the two, I think, really, in, in all honesty. Yeah, they're great in their own ways. I don't think anybody can argue with that. But I, but I got to say, man, like doing that move from go left down through the slides below Gorilla to the end. I mean, that linking those moves up, in my opinion, like, I mean, I haven't raced it yet, but. That is the sickest link of moves I've ever seen in any race course ever. That's like, it's amazing, you know? Uh, yeah, the green race, I mean, 
the green race is like single track downhill mountain biking it's it's actually super flowy prior to what people think it about it being pretty like rocky and bony i mean like when you link everything up on the green there's like not a better feeling in a race course that i have found yet i mean like the little white has so many amazing moves and sick line doesn't feel even nearly like the green but i mean the that's why the green is unique i mean it's just so technical and like putting it all together in a four and a half minute run or four minute 15 second run whatever you're doing it's like that that's what's so unique about it it's just different and like i mean i have the same amount of fun on the little white as i do on the green as far as race training goes okay real quick before we uh before we lose focus here racers give me your top three so you're asking the potentially top three to pick the top three. That's kind of messed up. Yep, exactly. On the spot, hot seat, buddy. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's so hard to to call it, but I mean, I mean, there's probably like there's always like about ten people here that I think have the potential to to get in the top three, and um, from what I've seen so far, and let's remember that Dane, the current champion or current co-champion. Is um, I mean, he's been you know in the top in the top spot the last two years. You know, he tied with me in 2014, and I edged him out with like you know nothing of a of a of a hand timing watch. Um, and he's not here, so let's take that into account. But um, Eric DeGill was tied Dane last year, so I'll put him in the top three. Um, and then it gets interesting because, uh, you know, was Jeff Calhoun was second and I was, you know, like third because they tied for first. So I was really fourth. I was the, fir- the fourth fastest paddler down the course. Isaac, uh, top three. So then Holcomb. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Three names, hey, man. I'm back. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll just go. Uh, Here, ready? This is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go myself, Pat, Pat, and DeGill. There you go. Nice work, Isaac, Pat, DeGill. Okay, <laughs> what do you I got? I was Holcomb? breaking it down. I was trying to break it down. <laughs> Who do you think, Holcomb? What's your call, dude? I go Pat, you, DeGill. <laughs> not, not that's, that's, that's the order. That's the order. Okay. No, that's not the order. Those are just the top three. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you believe not in any order, but those, I think those are the top three. Adrian, who you? Who um, you, you, I haven't seen you out there, so you haven't seen me out there. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been walking grill with pride. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> what? Give give us um, give us a call in the boys' class here, Adrian. Oh man, I don't know. DeGill's been working pretty hard lately. Um, I might I might have to to. Uh, throw this one out to DeGill and have him take it. And then, uh, I don't know, who knows, maybe Jeff Calhoun. Well, Jeff's maybe been on he, fire this year. W- maybe he won't crash. That'd be good. So, first, Eric. Second, Jeff. Third, Isaac. And what do you think about Will Lyons? <laughs> <laughs> what do I think about Will Lyons? 77. <laughs> Are you asking me this question? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we gotta all cheer for Will out there. He's he's going back to see wanting. He's uh he's looking to make a statement. 
So you know, my kids are going to cheer cheer for Will. You know that story. <laughs> you should tell that story. That's so funny. From all the things that ever happened in LVM, your your kids loved Will Lyons. Is that right? Yeah, my kids watched all the episodes of LVM, which is fantastic. And then uh, when they're done watching LVM, they pretend to be a kayaker. And uh, my youngest kid always pretended to be Will Lyons. I don't know where he got that idea from. But he'd be like, I'm Will Lyons and I'm paddling a dagger nomad. <laughs> uh, you have to be a father, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> how did he how did he did he say he was Will Lyons? Like how did he yes. pretend to be Will Lyons? And that's just who he was in his mind. Yeah, like, 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 just have like a yard would he pretend to like throw up on his kayak and stuff? Uh, <laughs> right, you, guys, you guys want my you guys want my prediction? Yeah, bring it on, Rush. All right, I'm saying Billy Jones, number one. Will Lines, Jason Hale. <laughs> <off here. laughs> it down. All right, I'm gonna take that to the bank. Yeah, you, you want that? You're getting your, if that happens, Rush, your hair is getting dyed for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Rush! I'm putting you in the top ten. I saw you out. I paddled with you the other day out there. You were no joke. You're going to be in the top um, ten. I'll tell you what: if you get if you get some good practice runs, you may make a run for the podium. I'm not counting you out. Well, thanks, but I appreciate that. I appreciate you change your tune since uh, calling me out to not be in the top ten. And you know, even after I wrote the diss track and everything, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that was when I thought you weren't really going to show up, but then I saw you on the river. And I was like, <laughs> Zero. Um, all right, real quick, boys. Um, rants and raves. What you got, Weld? Nothing. Wait, Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, you got your mic on? Do you got a rant or a rave for us? I do. Is this working again? <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're back. Oh, man, I'm livid about the verdict in that uh, Malheur occupation trial. I... I know that I should probably have some idea of what actually happened there since I'm a lawyer and everything. Um, I actually tried pretty hard not to pay any attention to it because I felt like these guys had already had their 15 minutes of fame and I wanted to see them anonymously disappear into prison where they belong. To be, to be but, clear, these are the guys that squatted on the bird sanctuary. Yeah. It was not squatting. It was an armed they takeover. Well, yeah. right. And they I mean, are guys out there in the like bird watching tower with like sniper rifles. They're tearing out fences. They're bulldozing roads. And somehow, I don't know if the prosecutors just absolutely beatered it, which seems to me like what happened. But these guys are, are walking away from this scotch free. And I, I don't know if laws need to change so that prosecutors have tools to make sure that when people do things like this, they go to prison. But it seems like. A, total travesty when you know somebody just goes out and vandalizes public lands like that keeps scientists from doing their job and it's you know we're, we're talking about you know president obama potentially designating new national monuments in places where there are already threats against government workers there's like you know everything that went on in nevada with the bundies down there about people pointing guns at blm uh employees and just to see these guys just walk away from what they did out there it's just like unbelievably galling so I, I i hope that when they go to trial for the nevada stuff that they get the book thrown at them and this isn't the end of the story but it's just total debacle well that's a good one wow wild west is back. <laughs> all right i'm gonna rave about 70 degrees and sunny 
Green River Narrows and Duke Energy giving us more water in a time of drought. That'll be my rave. And, uh, so next week, next week we'll have to do a Green Race recap, and then after that, we need like a month of Green River Narrows free podcast. Oh my God, Lewis, you're going on Weld side now. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Wait, but what about um? I want to hear like Lewis and Weld's like top five pick. You know, I'm going oh, all, all white salmon DC. It's gonna be Isaac, Jeff Calhoun, Russia. Damn straight. <laughs> What's that? Oh, What's that? <laughs> it's gonna go. I'll tell you exactly how it's gonna go. It's gonna go Calhoun. Then it's gonna go Keller, and it's gonna go uh, DeGill and. That's how it's going to be. There you go. You heard it here first. I'll go ahead and get the plaques ready. <laughs> All right, boys. That's and just girls. not going to happen like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for the time, and I'll see you guys out on